Hi, I'm Robert Jeffress, and I'm glad to serve as your Bible teacher every day on this great radio station on today's edition of Pathway to Victory. Do you realize that in the pit of hell right now, there's a blueprint? It's a blueprint that has your name at the top of it. It is Satan's personalized, unique plan to destroy you. Welcome to Pathway to Victory with author and pastor, Dr. Robert Jeffress. Have you ever felt like every person and circumstance in life was working against you? Maybe even God himself? Well, according to the Bible, that's exactly how Satan wants you to feel. Today on Pathway to Victory, Dr. Robert Jeffress reveals the first two strategies in Satan's threefold plan to ruin your life. Now here's our Bible teacher to introduce today's message. Dr. Jeffress? Thanks, David, and welcome again to Pathway to Victory. As a pastor, I'm constantly surprised at the manner in which many Christians walk through life without a concern in the world. To ignore the reality of Satan is like walking across a busy six-lane freeway without looking to the left or the right. Tragically, people who do this end up becoming spiritual roadkill. So, how can you make sure that you're not Satan's next casualty? Well, in our series called The Divine Defense, I'm teaching you how to put on the wonderful spiritual armor that God has provided. Paul outlines these tools in Ephesians chapter 6, and each of these pieces of spiritual weaponry is actually a strategy you can use to defeat Satan's plan to destroy your life. In addition to these daily programs, I'd like to send you my best-selling book by the same title, The Divine Defense. These spiritual struggles feel uncomfortably visible in our world today. Wars, rumors of wars, chaos over abortion rights, attacks on religious freedom, and even gender confusion. These are signs of spiritual warfare. And my book, The Divine Defense, offers practical help on navigating these troubling times. A copy is yours with my thanks when you give a generous gift to fuel the ministry of Pathway to Victory. It's our custom to give more details later in the program, and we'll do that today. But right now, take your Bibles and open to the Old Testament book of Job, chapter 1, for today's message titled, Blueprint for Your Destruction. You may not recognize the name Muhammad al-Shaif, but you probably know him or remember him by his nickname, Baghdad Bob. Remember Baghdad Bob from the Iraqi conflict a few years ago? He was the minister of information, more like the minister of disinformation, for the nation of Iraq during the final days of Saddam Hussein's rule. And his job was to keep the people's spirits up, even though Iraq was facing defeat by American troops. And so he spewed out all kind of lies to bolster the spirits of the Iraqi people. On April 6, 2003, after American forces had seized control of Baghdad's international airport, Baghdad Bob got on television and said, we butchered the American troops at the airport and we remain victorious. Uh, The next day, when American troops stormed one of Saddam's palaces, again, Baghdad Bob came on television and he said, we have looked and there are no Americans in sight anywhere. Baghdad Bob became the fodder for late-night comics on television. 
Uh, President Bush was asked by an interview, what do you think about Baghdad Bob? He chuckled and he said he's quite a character, isn't he? You know, Satan is a lot like Baghdad Bob. Even though Satan was soundly defeated at the cross of Jesus Christ, even though the date of his execution is on God's calendar right now, he still is spewing out the lies that he is still in control of this universe. But unlike Baghdad Bob, there's nothing funny about Satan at all. His lies are blinding unbelievers to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ so that they will spend eternity separated from God in hell. But unbelievers are not the only victims of Satan's propaganda. He also assaults Christians with lies as well. He wants to make Christians think that he is still in control of the universe and their lives as well, so that they cower in fear at his threats, or they feel like they must obey him because, after all, he's in control. Now, let's quit talking about them for a moment and talk about you this morning. Do you realize that you have an enemy, an adversary, who is absolutely intent on deceiving you about his power or lack thereof. He is intent on depriving you of the benefits of living as a child of God. He wants to destroy your influence for the kingdom of God. He wants to deny you the rewards God has planned for you in heaven. That is Satan's devious objective for your life. And not only does Satan have a devious objective to destroy everything valuable to you, he also has a strategy to fulfill those objectives. Remember the words of Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. Paul said, put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. That word schemes in Greek is the word methodia. It refers to an animal, a predatory animal that is stalking its prey. You know, a predator doesn't necessarily pounce on its victim immediately. It may stalk its prey for days and then finally attack when the moment is just right. And a predator doesn't use the same strategy on every animal either. Uh, Different victims require different strategies. So it is with Satan. The Bible says he has a method. He has a strategy to destroy everything important in your life. He has developed a unique plan to divide your family, to not only that, but disrupt your relationship with God and to destroy your eternal destiny. And that's why the Bible says, be on guard, be on the alert, for your adversary the devil prowls about like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Think about this for a moment. Do you realize that in the pit of hell right now, there's a blueprint? It's a blueprint that has your name at the top of it. It is Satan's personalized, unique plan to destroy you. And today and next week, we're going to look at Satan's three-pronged strategy to destroy your faith, your family, and your future. If you have your Bibles today, turn to Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1. Satan's first strategy for Christians to destroy a Christian's family, faith, and future is to discourage you from worshiping God. You and I are bit players in an eternal drama that began many years ago. Remember my story about being an extra on the television show Dallas? 
I was a bit player in a great drama. In a very real sense, you and I are bit players in a very real eternal drama that began eons ago. It's when Satan, who was at one time God's chief of staff, chose to rebel against the Creator. And right now that drama continues. The earth is the stage, and you and I are players in that drama. And there's a vast, unseen, but very real audience who is watching this drama. Who is the unseen audience watching this eternal drama being played out on earth's stage? The Bible says it is the invisible, but very real creatures who are in heaven. That's the angels. Those that are on earth, that's demons, fallen angels, we'll talk about in two weeks. And even those demons right now who are under the earth, who are temporarily restrained, they are watching this drama being played out between God and Satan. And this drama will answer some very important questions. Was God justified in condemning Satan? How will God deal with his creatures who have rebelled against him? Can God be trusted to keep his promises? Will God be successful in finally redeeming this fallen creation? That is the drama that is being played out right now. And you and I are on earth's stage as a part of that drama. Now, Satan is very aware that this drama is going on as well. And he wants to come out looking good in this drama. Filled with pride, he is doing everything he can to redeem his reputation among this unseen audience. And so he has a strategy for doing that. If God cannot possess your soul for all eternity because you've been redeemed, if he cannot have your soul in the next life, what he wants to do in this life is so discourage you that you turn away from worshiping God. And as a result, humiliate God before this vast unseen audience. And that's why Satan's number one strategy for your life is to discourage you from worshiping God. Do you remember the story about uh, the day the devil decided to go out of business? So he didn't have any use for his tools anymore, so he decided to have a garage sale for all of his tools on the night of the garage sale, he laid all, out all of the tools on a card table that he had in front of his residence. And each tool had a price associated with it. There was envy and greed and malice and lust, all with a price tag on each of the tools. But over to the side was a, a small wedge-shaped tool, and it had a price higher than all of the other tools. A customer asked, what is this tool? Satan with pride said, oh, this is discouragement. Well, why is it priced so much higher than all the other tools, the customer asked. Satan said, because with this tool, I can pry into a person's mind when I can't get near him with any of these other tools. And once inside his mind, all of these other tools are free to do their work. That's why Satan loves to use discouragement. Now, if this whole idea that you and I are in a play, a production, and the vast unseen audience is watching this, if that seems a little far-fetched to you, consider the story of Job. Look at Job chapter 1, verse 1, where we see Satan using discouragement to humiliate God before all of his creation. Job 1, verse 1 says, There was a man in the land of us whose name was Job, and that man was blameless, upright, Fearing God and turning away from evil. And then we get a glimpse 
at the drama behind the drama that's going on in heaven. God, pointing to earth, directed Satan's attention to this main character on the stage named Job. Look at verse 8. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? For there is no one like him on the earth, a blameless, an upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil. Satan wasn't about to let God be proud of his creation. And so Satan says, well, of course he worships you. Who wouldn't worship you after all of the things you've done for Job? But you let me have a few rounds with him, and I can turn him against you. So God granted Satan limited permission to attack his servant Job. Look at verse 12. Then the Lord said to Satan, behold, all that Job has is now in your power. Only do not put forth your hands on him. That is, don't kill him. So Satan departed from the presence of the Lord. And for the next two chapters, we see Satan's relentless attacks against God's servant Job. One day, Job was sitting on the ash heap of his incinerated possessions, his dead children, his broken health. And Job's wife came to him, look at verse 9 of chapter 2, and said, Do you still hold fast your integrity? Why not curse God and die? You see, that was Satan's objective. To turn Job away from worshiping God by sending so many tragedies into his life that Job would conclude worshiping God really isn't worthwhile. And Satan continues that same strategy in your life today. You see, this story tells us Satan has limited control over this world. He is able to use natural disasters, financial reversals, health problems, relationship disruptions. He has all of those powers to use those things to turn you away from God and to discredit the reputation of God before the entire universe. However, note Satan's power is limited Like I quoted a few weeks ago, Satan is like a junkyard dog on a very long chain. Even though his power to destroy is considerable, it's also limited. Like Martin Luther said, the devil is still God's devil. He is still under God's control, but God, for some mysterious reason, has allowed Satan to have limited access into your life and to my life. Really, it's not a mystery why he's allowed that. You see, both Job and God understood that untested faith is really no faith at all. For Job's faith to be sure and certain, it had to go through the crucible of trials. And it's the same way in your life. God uses tests to strengthen us, but also to prove before the unseen world that we are really his followers. After Satan had hit Job as hard as he could, destroying his possessions, killing his children, taking away his health, Remember what Job cried out in chapter 13, verse 15? Job cried out, though God slay me, yet will I trust in him. I believe at that moment, the heavenly audience gasped in amazement. Not only at a creature who could endure that kind of pain, but they were amazed at a God who could command that kind of allegiance and devotion. Job played his part well here on earth. But now Job has exited the stage, and it's now your time and my time on earth's stage. Again, the question remains the same. Is God really worthy of our worship? Satan will do everything he can 
to bring calamity, to bring financial reversal, to bring sickness, to bring disruption in your family or among your friends. He'll use all of those things to discourage you from worshiping God and therefore discredit the Creator. You know, whenever I think about Satan's strategy to discourage us, I think about the late Christian writer Joe Bailey. Joe Bailey watched three of his children die horrible and painful deaths. Think about that for a moment. That would be enough to make most people give up on God. An interviewer asked Joe Bailey, how is it your faith in God remains strong after you have lost your three children and seen them die the way they died? This is what Joe Bailey said. He said, we can go one of two directions when we can't reconcile a loss with our faith in God. Either we give up that faith in God, or we realize that He's in control and working out a plan, even though in the darkness we cannot see what that plan is. Faith means something when it's exercised in darkness. Right now, Satan is bombarding some of you with relentless attacks. He's attacking your sense of well-being. He's attacking your family. Perhaps he's attacking your health. Perhaps he has attacked your livelihood, your ability to earn an income. He is doing everything he can to discourage you from worshiping God. God is saying to you this morning, trust me. I have a plan that I'm working out in your life right now, even though in the darkness you cannot see what that plan is. Faith means something when it's exercised in the darkness. Satan's first strategy to destroy everything important to us in life is to discourage us from worshiping God. But he has a second strategy, and that is to distract you from serving God. To distract you from serving God. If Satan can't be successful in causing you to all and out reject God, maybe he can just get you to ignore God. And that's what he does through distractions. It is a very subtle strategy, but also a very powerful strategy. How can Satan cause you to simply neglect God in your everyday life? It's through what a generation ago used to call worldliness. Have you heard that term before, worldliness? You know, when we think of worldliness, we think about overt sins like addictions or sexual immorality. That's really not what worldliness is. My definition of worldliness is a preoccupation with the details and delights of everyday life. That's exactly what Satan is trying to do, is to cause you to be preoccupied with the details and the delights of everyday life, so focused on this world that you neglect your relationship with God. Worldliness in your life might manifest itself in any number of ways. Perhaps it's by choosing to watch another rerun of your favorite uh, uh, comedy on television late at night instead of spending time in God's Word. Maybe it's by allowing your emotional well-being to be determined by the ups and downs of the stock market. Maybe it's by allowing your mind to be preoccupied with your child's social standing in school during a Sunday morning worship service instead of listening to the Word of God. 
Maybe it's through being so obsessed with your job, either keeping it or excelling in it, that you just don't feel like you have time to be involved in meaningful ministry for God. All of that is part of the enemy's attempt to destroy everything valuable in your life by distracting you from serving God. Jesus talked about the power of worldliness in Luke chapter 8. Would you turn there for a moment? Luke chapter 8. Remember Luke 8 is the parable of the soils. And Jesus was answering the question, why is it that not everyone who hears the word of God responds to the word of God? And Jesus used this uh, agricultural analogy. He said it's like seed that is cast onto the soil, and what happens to that seed is determined by what kind of soil the seed falls on. The seed, of course, represented the word of God. The different kinds of soil represented the different responses, different conditions of the human heart. Jesus told about the first seed that fell on hard soil, soil that was so tight and compacted that the seed couldn't penetrate it. That is uh, the Word of God that falls on hearts that are so hardened against God that they cannot receive His message. Jesus said other seed fell on shallow soil. That is, the seed penetrated the soil, it began to take root, it began to grow, but there was a thin bed of limestone underneath the soil that prevented a root system from being developed. And when the scorching Palestinian sun came, uh, the plant withered away, it died, because it did not have a root system. This is the person who accepts the Word of God, but he never grows in his faith, and when scorching trials comes, come into his life, he, he, he falls away from the faith. But the third kind of soil is the one that's relevant to our discussion today. Look at verse 14 of Luke 8. The seed which fell among the thorns, these are the ones who have heard, and as they go on their way, they are choked with worries and riches and pleasures of this life, and they bring no fruit to maturity. Jesus is talking about seed that falls onto the ground, it penetrates the soil, it begins to grow, but underneath the soil there is a vast network of weeds. And those weeds wrap themselves around the root of the plant and they strangle out the life of the plant. Now Jesus uses that analogy to describe the person who receives the Word of God. He begins to grow in his faith, But then something chokes out his love, his devotion to God. Well, we're only getting started in what promises to be a powerful series. We're talking about the divine defense. And I've written a best-selling book that coincides with this important study. Let me urge you to add this powerful resource to your collection. When you apply the biblical strategies God has provided for your protection, you'll be able to deflect the attacks from Satan. Now, I have no way of knowing your specific weaknesses, but I can promise you this. The temptation that regularly assaults you, the discord in your relationships, the financial crisis, these are not just natural parts of life. They're part of a sinister attack being waged against followers of Jesus Christ like you and me. But you don't have to become spiritual roadkill. Using the powerful armor of Ephesians 6, I'll help you recognize and apply six practical strategies you can use every day to move forward in faith and defeat Satan's destructive plan for your life. 
Ask for your copy of my book, The Divine Defense, when you give a generous gift to support the growing ministry of Pathway to Victory. As we conclude today's broadcast, let me affirm my deep appreciation to those of you who financially support Pathway to Victory. Keep up the good work. It's through generous giving by friends like you that this ministry is possible. And in fact, we're expanding our impact for the gospel. God is using your faithful giving to pierce the darkness with the light of His Word. David? Thanks, Dr. Jeffress. Contact Pathway to Victory today with a generous gift and request your copy of The Divine Defense, Dr. Jeffress' best-selling book on defeating Satan's plan for your destruction. Call 866-999-2965 or even easier, simply go online to ptv.org. Now, when you give $75 or more, ask for the complete CD and DVD teaching series for this month's study. It's also called The Divine Defense. These resources can be yours today when you call 866-999-2965 or go to ptv.org. A lot of our listeners prefer to write. If that sounds like you, jot down this mailing address. P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. That's P.O. Box 223-609, Dallas, Texas, 75222. I'm David J. Mullins. These days, when we least feel like going to church or reading our Bible, those are the times we need God the most. Because it means we're under spiritual attack. Hear the conclusion of the message called Blueprint for Your Destruction. That's Thursday here on Pathway to Victory. Pathway to Victory with Dr. Robert Jeffress comes from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Dallas, Texas. Join Dr. Robert Jeffress on an unforgettable trip to Israel. You've read about places like the Mount of Olives and the Plain of Megiddo. Isn't it time to see these remarkable sights for yourself? Join us on the Pathway to Victory Bible Prophecy Tour of Israel and sign up before September 30th to receive an early bird discount. To learn more, go to ptv.org.